2: Right, welcome in, welcome back to another episode of UAP, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, episode 41. Huh. And if you thought last week was mind-blowing, it's always mind-blowing, isn't it, Karen?
0: Big time. Oh yeah, how are
2: you, Karen? I'm well, how are you? Good, good. I'm excited. I'm always excited when we start one of these, because it's like a new mental adventure every single week. There's always something weird and crazy and mind-blowing, and like, it's just, I know we, we use the term mind-blowing all the time. Because it really is. A lot of this stuff is just like, holy cow. Well,
0: we can always say, you know, bending spoons with our minds. Yes. But it just seems like aliens are trying to talk to us and, you know, the overlord up there is going, so how's it going on Earth with <laughs> those humans? And they're like, we're leaving them all these messages. <laughs> All these signs, all these symbols, all these breadcrumbs, and they're just not paying attention.
2: And, well, that's what we're going to do today. Eye-opening. That's another one that I'm trying there to think you go. of. go. Eye-popping. This will be eye-opening, eye-popping uh, an experience today where I think maybe we will finally get some of these messages. And we're going to go along together and and figure these things out and talk about— For the about... greater
0: good of humankind. Yes.
2: And the the communication that aliens might be trying—may have been trying to—, to Do with us for decades and centuries, and we've just been overlooking it. So that's what we're going to look at today. It's all there, right in front of our face, literally. So we're going to look at some of that today, just like last week with the sacred geometry. That was kind of a different way of messaging and communication. This one's a little more physical that we're going to go into today. But aside from that, Karen, you know we always start with the factoid
0: we do and i thought you know in the same vein of what we're talking about today nasa scientists are going to launch pictures of naked humans excuse me it'll be uh, me and steven Diener <laughs> I was gonna, in our going to say birthday suits what did they hack into my phone i in mean this disp- what's on uh, your phone i'm just saying i mean
2: my gosh please
0: yeah <laughs> none of that anyway they're going to they're going to launch these photos into space okay. in hopes of luring aliens to us but they're not actual photographs of people. They're um, they're not graphic of naked humans. They're a drawing of a naked man and a naked woman, next to the depiction of DNA. So, the man and the woman are waving hello Hi. in an attempt to look more inviting.
2: So, artist renderings. It's not like they're sending up right. pictures of you no. know Kim Kardashian Junk. or anything like that. No, okay. <laughs> Mercy. All right. Well, that's an interesting new take from NASA. Which nice is, job. If, and, and not to get too far off subject here, but it just it makes me think of one of the other episodes we had last month where we, we talked about, you know, aliens. Like, how are, like, what do they experience? What is the alien experience? What do we know about them from people who have supposedly had direct contact with aliens in places like the Dulce base? And one of the answers that we got were they basically just have no personality. They, there is no... <laughs> Sexual attraction, there's no nothing like that. So I'm not sure if this is really going to work as far as maybe just other than science itself. Here's our anatomy and this is what we look like.
0: Well, case in point, you know, what we just started talking about, this is actually hilarious because the (laughs) aliens know we're here. Yeah. And they've been trying to communicate with us yeah. for thousands right. of years. And we're sending them a naked picture of us waving at them. They're like, oh, my God. That's old news. Why are you sending that? <laughs> we know you're there. And then if you believe Hello. some of the
2: abduction stories we've gone over before, then it wouldn't really be a surprise to them.
0: Look, they've sent us a postcard.
2: Oh, my god! Oh, gosh. my God. So speaking of speaking of postcards, Karen, that's a nice segue there. Talk about uh, ways of communicating. There's a lot of different ways that we think aliens have been trying to communicate with us that society has just been overlooking right. continuously. Right,
0: pay attention, people.
2: And we, yeah. so, in our last episode, we did cover, you know, a lot about the way life is built. You know, we went more about like with sacred geometry, how it relates to the golden ratio mm-hmm. and all those things. Mm-hmm. But now it's really, I think, taking a look at the The, building block stage. The
0: tangible actual messages. Right. Not just the hidden math that we have around us in our universe or on our planet, but the actual things, the, the symbols and signs that are in the ground and also... Like for large geoglyphs, the petroglyphs, it's it's in all different scales.
2: It's everywhere, and we're we talking it, to us. We got it all right here today, and it's it does relate to math. Now, don't be scared. No, but it really is right in front of our faces, and I know that math term is scary. But remember, it's considered to be the universal language. Which
0: screws me because I'm not good at math. And so if it is the language that we would eventually speak, if we do start talking (laughs) to aliens, I'd be like, uh, uh, not times not is not carried to (laughs) not. I'd be like, oh, God.
2: What are you saying? We don't understand you. But I we've covered some of these things that you're going to hear today. Before, in previous episodes, okay? And we'll just tell you that right up front. Don't but, say that. They're going to tune out. No, no. Don't but, listen to Steve. <laughs> it's in a very different way today. It's all new and fresh. It's different aspects in any single way that we've covered this stuff here that we're going to talk about before because we have a new angle.
0: Oh, my God. You like Not a math this? joke.
2: A math joke. See what he did there? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it is a new and exciting angle involving... The Great Pyramid of Giza, that's where we're going to start here today.
0: With our friend David Childress.
2: Ever since the first studies of the Great Pyramid
3: in Egypt have been made, researchers have been amazed at the mathematical knowledge that is encoded into the Great Pyramid, the measurements that are used in it. Even the placement of the Great Pyramid has aroused great interest among Egyptologists.
2: That's right. And that's so that's what really wanted well, to focus on here today. Because again, last week it was more about communication through the geometry, through so, golden ratio, through how things in us were made and how it relates to the universe. This is math. This is, again, universal language. And when you start to look at some of these things, you start <laughs> yeah. to realize, oh, wow, this all connects. <laughs>
0: yeah, you, you know, people go to Egypt and go, oh, look at that big stone triangle. Cool. Right. No. It's actually aligned with, what, the Orion's belt. It's yeah. actually on true Cardinal North. It's aligned right. with Cardinal North. It can't be a coincidence. You have to start looking at, okay, it's more than just a structure. In the middle of the desert.
2: And that's, well, there's more to it here. And so when you hear more here, you you will start to realize, I think, like we have, Karen, this cannot be just a simple coincidence
4: when you start to hear more.
0: No, here is Michael Denon. He's a Ph.D.
4: When you look at the Great Pyramid's alignment, it's aligned very, very close to true north. Even more interesting is to think about tracking back in time because the Earth's axis has been shifting slowly. It's what we call processes. And so if there's been a shift in that alignment, it could be that it was even more accurately aligned to North in the past when they built it.
1: Wow.
2: Right. That's
0: not a coincidence.
2: So how, okay, so think about this, okay? I know, again, the true north, it's the math of the pyramid and things like that, but that's the language. That's how you speak to somebody if you're from another world because math is universal. And when you start to look at the pyramid, I know, oh, the pyramid again, but when you look at it this way, you you come to the realization that this is not like you say, Karen, just a big triangle in the middle of the desert. Uh This thing was put here for a very specific reason in a very specific spot so and again exactly aligned with with that cardinal true north it can't be a coincidence why is that true north position so significant well consider this point here
5: if you pass a great circle from the great pyramid through its cardinal and its ordinal directions what you find is that these circles will pass through more landmass of the earth than any other location on the earth you find that the Great Pyramid is essentially located at the center of the world's landmass.
2: Hello. Earth. I love that guy's accent. (laughs) It's like reminds me of the movie Brave. I have kids, so I watch a lot of Disney movies. (laughs) I love that movie. Um, I mean, but look, I know maybe that was a little bit hard to understand, but when it comes down to it, what he's saying there is the pyramid is lined up. Essentially, when you do the math, you find out that it, when you draw all these different lines from the center of the pyramid, it goes through more land on the earth than any other structure or any other point in the earth. It's the center of the earth. I know sometimes we think we're the center of yeah, the earth, no, right? Yeah, we're exactly. the center of our own universes. <laughs> but the Great Pyramid of Giza is literally, by definition of math and longitude and latitude and everything like that, when you draw these lines, it is the center of the earth. So why? Why? And really, what other structures that
0: we have built are going to be standing 4,000, 6,000 yeah. years from now? I, not, I, I postulate not I none maybe. of the things that we've built.
2: I mean, because we, we, it's all built differently than than before, right? Then some of these ancient civilizations and even, cultures built their, structure, their, their structures.
0: Even from the way they built things over in Ireland and England, those things are still standing. Right, Stonehenge all like, You can and all go these by Hyde Park, yeah. there's a wall built in the 1400s still standing right? there. You come here, and if it's 30 years old, we knock it down and rebuild it.
2: That's right. That's a good point, you know? A wall you put up 10 years ago has got graffiti on it, oh, so you no. got to put up a new one. Oh, I no. mean, <laughs> Brent,
0: knock that down. We need yeah, yeah. a new one. We can't, we can't have this old stuff around here. It's so, true. yeah, nothing will be left, but I mean,
2: so it's when you when you really start to consider this stuff, you have to start to think, okay, well, all right, it lines up perfectly with a, B, and C, and it's true north, and it covers all this ground. And that's fascinating to me, Karen, because when you talk about the pyramid and its true north position and that it covers when you draw these lines you know around the earth, it covers more landmass than any other structure or any other place in the world. So that to me says this was a specific hub. Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. think about transportation hubs that we use today they're all strategically placed they're all put in a spot where it's going to be easily accessible for trade and things like that so whoever built this and why they wanted it at that specific spot to where we can cover all the landmass better than any other point on the earth it's not by accident no so with all that in mind we have to ask ourselves could that position really be a coincidence? No. Could that? Could the ancient Egyptians simply have gotten extremely lucky? Yeah. With where they built the pyramid. They threw a dart
0: <laughs> and it landed in Giza. Uh, let's just, build it here.
2: Let's just put it here. Oh wow! Look, this is perfect. So I mean, look, I'm not judging you. That's fine if you think so. Because again, we've said this from day one, episode one, which is ten months ago now. You believe that? Oh my a Ten month journey together through space and time. We've said it from day one. You make up your own mind. This is never meant to be a a preachy type of thing. It's never meant to be, here's what it is, believe us or go away. We're just giving you the information that's out there and you make up your own mind. We're not
0: ancient astronaut theorists. No.
2: So if you think that all this is BS, then that's fine. But ask yourself this. Could their luck have struck again with the exact measurement involved with each stone? That's right.
0: We're leaving no stone unturned. (laughs)
1: The Great Pyramid was built with the level of technological sophistication far in excess of anything that we have today. They don't use the inch as we normally have it in the English system. It's the qubit. And what's interesting about this qubit is that it is exactly one twenty-five millionth of the polar diameter of the Earth, meaning the distance from the North Pole to the South Pole of the Earth. Chop it up into 25 million pieces. There's your qubit. It's perfect.
3: Is that if you actually take the length for the Great Pyramid at its mean socket level, which is the corners of the actual building, it translates into 365.24 pyramid cubits, which just happens to be the Earth a year, right down to a quarter day.
2: Hello. Oh my gosh! The proof is in the pudding. Wow! <laughs> so you still think it might be luck and coincidence? The numbers don't lie, Karen. Those are specifics.
0: Maybe we should still be using cubits, though. Maybe that's part of the problem.
2: Well, I remember. That. I mean, that was the term of measurement. I mean, back in yeah. you know the Old Testament, Noah's Ark. I exactly. mean, it's all measured in cubits and For all those the things. Ark of the covenant. Right. Right. So everything was built as a measurement toward cubits in what ancient is times. What's a cubit? I forget the size of your
0: thumb. Right.
2: I, I forget how they measured that. I remember looking up one time when we uh, did our episode on Giants, which was <laughs> one of my favorite episodes, by the way. If you didn't hear that one, it's, I don't know, I forget the number, maybe like 18 or somewhere in the 20s. You could always go back, 850WFTL.com or Apple or Spotify, however, or wherever you get our podcasts. You could always go back and listen to previous episodes. They're there forever. So
0: A cubit is 45.72 centimeters.
2: Okay. So that's, that's pretty big. Yeah. So I mean, that's you know all these different terms of of measurement.
0: Well, it's a distance between your thumb and your outstretched finger to your elbow.
2: There we go. Okay.
0: Okay. That's where I got the thumb. Right. We know it's re- it's-, it's referred to as a natural cubit, about one point five feet. Okay. It's uh, which is interesting. It's like.
2: Like the golden ratio. The golden ratio. you got the
0: one and then the half. Right. Wow. This standard seems to have been used in the Roman system of measurements as well as in different Greek systems.
2: See, we're blowing our own mind now. Yeah. (laughs) And
0: then we came along with, no, we're going to go inch pound.
2: Inch and pound. And and then
0: Europe went, no,
5: we're going to go metric. Metric is scary. Keep it away. Oh, stop.
2: But it really is amazing. You think about the the, the measurement of each stone, right? Like they were saying there, the cubit, how it lines up perfectly. They're not not a centimeter off from the north to the south pole, Perfectly, And then you add it all, and you talk about the, the dimensions of the pyramid and how it fits, and it adds up to the amount of days in a year. Well, I mean, this someone, is just insanity. someone
0: had to be paying attention to that to come up with the number of days in the year.
2: Or somebody was told.
0: Oh, yeah, there you
2: go. Uh-huh. Ah. Okay. So what are they trying to tell us? These are all very specific messages. Yeah. Through math built into the pyramid. At least that's the way I see it. Now think about this. This also reminds me when they talk about how it lines up with the Earth, right? And you the 365 days. We did last week. We did the deep dive in the sacred geometry and all that. Remember this? You might have thought about this too if you heard last week's episode about sacred geometry. We talked about the tetrahedrons and everything that if you put it one on top of the other, which
0: becomes a star tetrahedron.
2: Listen to this. You might have thought of this too. It's amazing how things connect. When you have two tetrahedrons
1: inverted over one another, that forms a star tetrahedron. When we look at a star tetrahedron and where it fits inside of a sphere, the vertices of a star tetrahedron impact the sphere at 19.5 latitude, both north and south. And that is exactly where the big island of Hawaii is in relationship to the entire planet.
4: Which is where? Because of the planet's geometry, you're going to have hotspots that would be very strongly charged in such a way that you could use these hotspots to teleport from one point to the other.
2: Now, the Great Pyramid of Giza isn't on 19.5. I think it's 26.2. It's somewhere in there. Um, I could yeah, be but wrong about that. So the the
0: big islands of Kilauea, the old, one of the oldest fountaining Volcanoes on Earth,
2: right? So if you didn't hear that last week, they were talking about, and we were talking about 19.5 degrees. How you have that hotspot in Hawaii, the Big Island, and then you that connects directly to Easter Island and all these different spots throughout the world that they consider what you know hotspots, maybe used for teleportation, and they're all connected on this same latitude, right? And then, so when I heard this thing about the pyramid, how it can line up perfectly and add up to the days of the year. And how long it takes exactly for you know the, the rotation everything with the sun and for the year, I thought, oh my gosh, the tetrahedron is a pyramid. It's the same <gasps> shape, right? And so now when you make this connection, ah. it's all I mean, sacred geometry connecting with they couldn't dumb the language it down
0: anymore. They couldn't. It's math. For it's dummies. all right there. It's like aliens speak for dummies, and we're still not getting it. We're trying, right? We're trying. Oh, my gosh. That's such a good point. I didn't think of that.
2: It's, it just it popped into my head, and I started thinking, wow, this all connects. And it always does, right? Unintentionally. Yep. We don't try to make these connections. It just it ends up happening. And that's when that's when you know that you're really on to something, when you have these inadvertent connections. And I think that's why I call these episodes a journey, because I feel like we go on this journey together. We do. We do. <laughs> where we find these things out, kind of, you know? Right. But now I know it's kind of been a real mind melter (laughs) so far, but just consider this one last fact about how the pyramid lines up perfectly with a possible indication towards space travel when you bring in all the numbers. Think about this here real quick. If you take the location of the Great Pyramid
5: as a coordinate, this number sequence of this coordinate matches exactly the speed of light traveling through space measured in meters per second Uh this is amazing stuff. When you consider the vast amount of information about the earth that's encoded into the Great Pyramid, you can't just dismiss all of this as pure coincidence.
2: Boom. Yeah. I love the sound effect. That's our Of course, Giorgio there.
0: there. We love him.
2: We always give him credit for some of the sound that we come across to help explain some of these things with you.
0: I think he's Greek, but he grew up in Switzerland. Is that right? Yeah. How about that?
2: try to get him on the show one time oh we should yeah that'll be fun boy how much fun would that be right
0: i know
2: <laughs> it'd be an extended uh, edition Ugh. of uap
0: pick his brain
2: oh my goodness but no so I really go back to some of the things you talked about there because it's amazing stuff when you stop to think about this how does this one structure have so many different properties to it right how did the ancient egyptians have all the specific knowledge i mean someone or something with a higher knowledge you would think i mean this is just me theorizing you can disagree but they must have been given some pointers on all this. Well, you know
0: the ruler Toth, right? He looks like an alien. Right. He's super tall. He's got the almond eyes and the weird-shaped head.
2: And we see some of those depictions with uh, Akhenaten as yes. well. Yes. We've, we've, we've talked about in, in past episodes. So, I mean, what is it? What is it that they're trying to tell us? Because yeah. to me... It seems I know you probably agree Karen. It seems undeniable that there's something going on here. Yeah. And they used very specific math to accomplish their goal and put it all in this structure of the pyramid which we're still trying to figure out today.
0: Yeah, was it a power plant? What Right. What what was
2: its purpose? why is it lined up with true north why is it all these certain specifications that add up to the speed of light that add up to you know when you put it into measurements different way of the earth it adds up to the days of the year all right and,
0: i mean it's just the three of them in that configuration is the orion is the belt. orion's
2: belt i mean so there's just so much and again i know i apologize i don't mean to keep covering the pyramid and everything but there's just so much to uncover no pun intended when it comes to talking about the pyramid and the the messages that have been encoded in this thing. Someone's trying to tell us something and it's and it's specific with the way that it was built to give us an indication that this was no accident. It was built to certain dimensions for a reason. And here we are. Yeah. You know, pay
0: attention. We need to all <laughs> but see, some are paying attention and some aren't. And until we all pay attention at the same time, we're just
2: not gonna get it. Yeah. And I get it. Look, we all we're all busy doing our day to day stuff. You know, I mean, and I'm and there's a bigger picture from fifty thousand feet, and 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 that's fine. I'm not saying you have to go into you know constant meditation by any means (laughs) and throw away your life and things like that. And look, Karen and I do it. We have many different tasks throughout the day. You know, I get distracted with kids and with sports and with all these. Bills, yeah. Sure, we're all in the same boat. You You get stuck in traffic. You yell at the guy who just cut you off. You know. Listen, we all get in the same boat, but it's important sometimes, even if it's just right now as you listen to the podcast, to just consider what else is going on. Yes, What am I missing?
0: What breadcrumbs am I missing?
2: All right. So how else could aliens be using math right in front of our faces Uh... to try to communicate with us? Well, you may recognize this, this next subject as well because like the pyramids, we've never considered it from this perspective before. And that's why we're bringing up once again the Nazca Incan lines and their famous giant shapes in the desert. We all know about it. But did you know that this phenomenon is not unique to the Incas? Yeah,
0: there were other ancient geoglyphs.
3: Almost everywhere around the world, we find what are known as geoglyphs. Whether they be the Nazca lines in Peru, British geoglyphs, to those in the Middle East... They're something that are virtually universal around the world, and they have been appearing for many hundreds of years.
2: Yeah. Now, and so consider that, right? Because petroglyphs, now those are similar to geoglyphs. Um, it's basically called like symbolic knowledge that was shared around the earth.
0: They're just s- smaller. It's a different yeah. scale. And, you
2: know, something we call maybe not cave paintings, but, you know, uh, uh, sculptures yeah. or, or carvings, I guess I should say. Into carvings rock. into rock. Right. So and we've seen those before, different runes or you know, different caves, any different type of culture. Even in the Grand Canyon, these things are carved oh, yes. in, into caves.
0: They have like and there's whole um tunnels and like yeah. with spirals and like art galaxy looking kind of yep. carvings.
2: Yeah, it's pretty wild. So <laughs> that makes you wonder right there. Yeah. Now, admittedly, not every geoglyph is some type of shape. If you're familiar with, you know, the Nazca lines, then you would know that there are many different designs carved into the desert floor. You have different, you know, animals. You know, you got the big, yes. big monkey looking uh, design in there. Then there's
0: like an alien astronaut-looking thing. Yeah,
2: it's like a spaceman design, which we've talked about before. Why
0: are they only visible from the air, though? That's well, why, why would they spend right. all this time? Right. May, I mean, you'd have to have the whole village come down to, to do it. That's right. They just uncover, they take the dirt off the top, and then the white underground shows through from the air. I mean, why waste their time? That's we what, don't know what, for
3: sure what ancient peoples were trying to communicate through geoglyphs. But the most important thing is the amount of time and effort that went into building them. They're not quick sketches, they're many of them whole community projects. And the time that you spend working on them is time not spent gathering food, not spent defending your land, it's time not spent looking after your children. So the first thing that they communicate is to the community itself what is important to the community?
2: Yeah, and I was. Wow. It's, it's a good point. I was going to say before our friend uh, interrupted me there, is that <laughs> it's, it's it's. You think about these carvings all over the world, and they're all the same, which is to say that they're made to be seen from the sky. So think about if you get stuck on an island, okay, you are going to make something that's big enough to be visible. From an airplane flying over. Right. You're going to make SOS. you could draw a huge S and a huge O and a huge S in the sand. And
0: build a big fire.
2: Right. So that way it can be visible from the air. So someone flying over and see it. That's the only reason why you'd make something so big on the ground that can't be appreciated from the perspective of standing on the ground.
0: So therefore they must have had knowledge, I'm saying people of Earth, of things that were flying around in the air. You would think so. Other beings, other things that could see from above,
2: right? You would think so. Right. I mean, I mean that that's just a theory. You know, you could say maybe they just held these carvings in such high esteem that they wanted to make them huge. I don't know. Maybe that you know a a skeptic would say that, and that's fine. And those are all possibilities. But it really is. There's there's some type of communication going on here. Especially, too, with these shapes, because we've talked about before, again, you know, the Nazca Lines. But they have these perfect geographic shapes that are in the sand, in the desert. So it makes you wonder why do they have these different shapes as well, right, in in the desert. These are perfectly carved (laughs) geographic, uh, I guess you could say, just, you know, shapes that are in in the desert.
0: Well, and we did an episode on hotspots, where the hotspots are. That's where these geoglyphs and these pyramids, everything shows up. So it's just they're chosen for a
2: reason. So you have the math in the pyramid, right? There's there's specific measurements that add up to again the days of the year, to the speed of light, to north to south pole, perfect measurement with the cubits and the stone that make up the Great Pyramid of Giza. So you have all this math that's undeniable. Okay, math is 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 undefeated. That's right. It's it's in there. The message is there. What does it mean? Does it just mean that they're trying to tell us that, hey, we made this because we were smarter than you, so we're trying to show you everything that this was no accident, or is there something more to it? Well,
0: they're definitely smarter than
2: us. We know that. And where they get the knowledge. <laughs> and we're
0: the dummies down here going, yeah, duh. And
2: we're still trying to figure yeah, it out, right? Yeah, and it's right there. And so the same thing here with the geoglyphs. Right. Especially, you know, in in, uh, Nazca as well, it's not just animal shapes or spaceman shapes. They have these geographic shapes that mean something, just like we talked about with sacred geometry, that means something. It's a message to someone or something that are no accidents. I mean, and there's the lines and the carvings are, and and the edges are perfect. Right. And they remain perfect to this day. Have you you seen that
0: weird rock that was found near Roswell? Because I think we're moving on to another crazy thing other than the Nazca lines about, uh, it's controversial, but crop circles, right? Sure. But that weird rock was found near Roswell, like years after crop circles.
5: In 2004 a mysterious rock was found near the Roswell crash site bearing the same image as a crop circle that was discovered in Chiseldon, England on August 2nd, 1996.
0: Now explain that one.
2: And that's and so weird. This rock
0: is so weird. They x rayed it had... You, they couldn't recreate it. They tried, right? but they couldn't recreate this rock and had the same image as this crop circle that was over in England.
2: And if you've never seen this rock, I'll try to explain it, but I'll also put it on our blog on 850wftl.com. We search podcasts in there. You'll see UAP, and we'll have a picture of this rock, really a video talking about it. Um, it's It looks like a pebble, okay? It looks like you know a pebble you would buy maybe put on your it front lawn garden a or something.
0: rock. It looks like a pet rock with a little image on it
2: yeah and the image is it kind of looks like it's it's geometry um like two crescent moons and two circles so it's kind of hard to explain so you'll you'll have to see it on the blog but like that says there the reason why we bring this up is because our next subject here is crop circles it is controversial some have been known to be hoaxes but some are not and this crop circle that matches this rock that was found at roswell i know kind of weird right talk about coincidences that may not be coincidences what does what do these symbols mean and why was that rock with this symbol found at Roswell after the crash on
5: the Roswell rock you have an almost identical symbol in England to me is very fascinating because it essentially shows that they're trying to somehow communicate with us so the idea is that perhaps some of these crop circles indeed are messages from elsewhere and elsewhere in my opinion means of extraterrestrial origin
2: all right so you really start to consider what we started talking about here at the beginning of the episode which is communication messages these glaring blinking lights that have been thrown at us
0: hello for
2: thousands <laughs> hundreds or thousands Pay of attention,
0: years attention little people
2: and and crop circles i think are one of those messages I mean, you talk about things again, you know, maybe you can only see to get the grand scale from the sky, but it's just, it's, they're put right there. <laughs> well,
0: it was interesting because in a future episode, we're going to talk about um, music and, yeah. and, and megahertz And, and sound. Yeah. I postulated that crop circles could possibly be formed by sound.
2: It's possible. And uh, that'll connect. You're right, Karen, yeah. in a later episode. Yeah. You'll hear it's, it's, it's pretty amazing sound stuff. Sound makes
0: the most amazing geometrical shapes. Yeah. And how else are they, They, you know, okay, some people say it's a farmer out there with a rope and a piece of board. No.
2: <laughs> Not all the time, anyway. No. I mean, <laughs> these
0: are beautiful if you look at them.
2: Speaking of beautiful, you know, math can be beautiful sometimes, Karen. It is. So how about a, a, a beautiful mind? That's right. Exactly. So how about a crop circle that adds up to pi? Would, would you believe this? No. All right, well, listen to this and tell me what you think. One formation had everyone baffled and people were saying, well, what is this? Then a mathematician had a look at
3: it and said, wait a minute, that's a representation of pi. And it's correct, down
4: to 10 decimal places. It's a representation of pi in a geometric sense. It's kind of interesting because the way you get pi out of it is the lengths of the different arcs in each segment. And what happens is there's these little notches in the spiral that let you know you're at the end of an arc. So you actually have to measure the arc lengths as you go around, and their lengths give you the digits of pi. And there's a little circle to give you the decimal point. So it's a really interesting example of using geometry as a code for representing digits and numbers.
2: Thank you to Nick Pope there. Uh, I mean, another great mind when it comes to the UFO and UAP and alien community. Would love to get him on the show one time, too. He's he's great. He knows a lot. He's been around a long time in this field. But uh, other than that, just a little background on this incredible little message that was found. This crop circle appeared in 2008 in England. Near what's called Barbary Castle, which is an Iron Age hill fort above a village named Roughton in Wiltshire. So in short...
0: I think it's Wiltshire.
2: Wiltshire? Okay, I'm sorry, to our English listeners. you probably
0: say Worcestershire too.
2: Probably. I Actually, I know I do. I'm sorry, to our English listeners. I know you're out there. I'm, I know. I'm too American. I'm That's sorry. That's right. Yes. But in short, it's literally in the middle of nowhere. So if you're in England, you, know the, you might know the area we're talking about. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's an open space, we'll say, but it was actually found in a barley field and it measures 150 feet wide, this crop circle. Wow, that's a big one. And it's, like you mentioned, beautiful. This thing is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it's perfect edges. And when you hit these notches that they were talking about in the video and you go to each one and each one, you go around in this circle, spiral. Kay? Remember mm-hmm. we talked talking about the spirals last week with the golden ratio and all those things, the Fibonacci numbers. When you go around this spiral in this crop circle, it adds up to pi. What? You get the digits of pi. No. Oh, no. You won't, uh, if you have to see this video, I'll, I'll put up the clip of this as well on our UAP blog um, right there on 850wftl.com, and you can see it. It's it's quite fascinating. I mean, you talk about these crop circles and all these structures that we've been talking about. You have to see this thing to uh, to believe it, really. Yeah. But now, going back real quick to some of these petroglyphs and, and geoglyphs we were talking about before. Because remember, I mentioned the. And I don't mean to like jump around and confuse you here, but it's an important point to to make when I talked about some of the geometry that was involved in some of these, you know, Nazca lines. Even it's 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 undeniable when you start to consider what's actually in the ground. When you take a deeper look at these things, you'll realize how this all connects.
0: Yeah, whether it's a crop circle, a geoglyph, or a petroglyph, it all has to do with math.
3: We see certain symbols recurring again and again. There are many geometric forms. These take the form of spirals, of concentric rings, and other more rectilinear or abstract designs. They're something that are virtually universal around the world. One of the most interesting geoglyphs that you have at Nazca is the Sun-Star-Cross geoglyph, which is really a very complicated, huge mandala of interconnected stars and triangles. And it's something we see all over the world in, in Tibet and India as mandalas and even yantras. So things like this that are so geometrically complicated and are found all over the world, indicates that there was some kind of worldwide symbolic language that was
2: brought here by a higher intelligence probably extraterrestrials probably Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're theorizing but again these this stuff is not an accident it's not coincidence this was used for communication okay this is a language it's just like if you wrote sos on an island right it's communication so when you're putting these perfect geometric shapes in the sand that can only be seen from the sky, you're talking to somebody. But it's what confuses
0: me, and maybe you can f- help me. Is you've got the binary ones and zeros, mm-hmm. the computer language that we think they also speak, and then you've got all this other mathematical language. There's different. Maybe those are like French, German, and English to them.
2: I, I, hey, you look! Know, it's as good a theory as anything I don't else. Know. <laughs> Why not? I know. But so consider all of that, right? You know, skeptics would say that it's all for different reasons, or maybe there are hoaxes or something like that. With uh, especially with crop circles, see how this all kind of comes together. Yes, yes. Math is everywhere in these things, and it's being used to speak.
0: You're circling back.
2: I am circling back with the crop circles. How do you like that? So many of these sites, just like the geoglyphs found around the world, exhibit perfect geometric shapes, including but not limited to. Some of the main shapes of sacred geometry, like the mandala we were talking about right there. We spoke about those last week, the spirals, the the, the tetrahedrons, the lotus flower design. You can find all these things. So again, the similarities between these are very striking. To make these, you have to have knowledge of math. Mathematics is, of course, the universal language. If
3: we ever encounter aliens, they're not gonna speak English or, or French or German. We'll speak and we'll communicate via mathematics. Could crop circles, as some believe, be an attempt from an alien civilization to
1: reach out and communicate with us? There's a consistent amount of sacred geometry, tetrahedrons, cubes, octahedrons, and even more complex geometric patterns Many of our best and top scientists are now saying that this geometry is the secret keys to the higher dimensions, and it's right there in the crops, as if they're giving us a trail of breadcrumbs showing us how to get to the next level as a planet.
2: Hello! (laughs) There it is! That's what we've been saying. There it is! We've spent two weeks now specifically on this subject of communication and using all these different means, whether it's the sacred geometry, that's the golden ratio that's literally within our blood and our DNA structure. And it's all over the world with the spirals and how everything all connects to now crop circles and the geometry of the Nazca lines and the math and the pyramid. It's just, it, it all connects. It all literally adds up.
0: Yep. It does, and so we can't deny it. No, right? No. no. I mean, are, are we are we wrong about mm, this? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's up to you, dear listener.
2: I mean, you tell us. Yeah, that's true. And you could always find us on Twitter at ua podcast eight fifty. I always forget our Twitter handle at ua podcast eight fifty on Twitter. You can always send us messages there. We love feedback, and we've got some feedback for you before, and we always appreciate that. So, if you always want to find us there, you can. But it's just. Man, this stuff is really something, isn't it? It
0: really is. I mean, it's eye opening. When we first decided to do the podcast, it was you know going to be about aliens, but then we just started going off on different tangents. But everything continues to connect.
2: Right. It's all happened organically. Yes. Organic life and matter. I don't know. <laughs> but it's... anyway, we'll do it all again next week. That's our music there to get out. It's episode forty-two next week, where I guess you could say we'll go more down the traditional route, if you want to say that. Abductions. Why do they always happen in spots like in the farms? Well, guess what? In they, the forest. In the forest. Well, they don't. No. We're going to go over some ones that were very public.
0: Yeah, uh, surely there's other witnesses to alien abductions. Sure, right, you would think. Yeah.
2: And, and well, we there hear, are.
0: We'll hear from them.
2: And we're going to talk about all those next week on UAP after we've discussed and digested what the aliens are trying to tell us through math and all these different structures and all these things throughout the world. It's really, really incredible how all this added up, so to speak. But until (laughs) next time on episode 42, there's Karen Curtis there, Stephen Diener here. Talk to you again next time on UAP, the Unidentified Alien Podcast. Thank you for listening.